The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is the APC podcast from acmepackingcompany.com and uh, SB Nation talking Packers all off-season long, and we are in almost full force. I am uh, Zach Rapport in New Mexico. Alex Patakis is a late scratch today. He got stuck uh, schmoozing for work. Uh, it happens. So it's just me and uh, Ben Foldy out in Detroit, Michigan, just back off a little jet set uh, to New York and D.C. How are you, man? Well, well traveled. Have you caught up on sleep yet? I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how's the off season season treating you? Did you? Uh, I'm sure you watched every snap of the Pro Bowl and like took notes and. And, uh, I did not watch any <laughs> Pro Bowl. I actually don't even know the the uh, score, score in air quotes, or who won, won in air quotes. I, like, none of that information has even passed across my eyes. Does anyone know the score? I don't know. Do they keep score? They do. They keep score. There's a, a theoretically a winner and a loser. I think, actually, there's an in, uh, like a money incentive for the winning team. Like, they get paid slightly more if you win the game as a way to, like, try to make them care a little bit more. I don't know. That's very stupid. Yeah, it's all stupid. <laughs> I saw Devontae got a touchdown. I think I saw that on my Twitter feed. Yeah, and I saw um, Zadaria Smith did a little uh, Kobe-inspired sack celebration. Yeah, I mean, why you... I mean, like, how... I don't even understand why you have, like, quarterbacks getting killed in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Like, why Why would you do that? Is it? Is it actually sacking? Or are they just kind of... Laying him down gently, putting him to bed. I yeah. don't know. Or is it just like gently? Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is uh, is really stupid. The only good thing that ever happened at the Pro Bowl was Sean Taylor. <laughs> yes. Blowing somebody up. I can't even remember who it was. But... Oh, shoot, I forget. Was it Santonio Holmes? I can't. Should we Google break it? <laughs> All right, I'm going to look it up. Sean Taylor, Pro Bowl. <laughs> Brian Mormon. Who the hell is Brian Mormon? Yeah, he's a punter. He he blew up a punter at the Pro Bowl. That's so good. Uh, anyway, why don't we just uh, why don't we just move on? We might as well yeah. just get right down to business here because today uh, we are going to give our report card grades for a number of Packers coaches and uh, the GM Brian Gutekunst as well. See if we can't come up with, uh, well, I was going to say a podcast-wide composite grade 
for each guy, but Alex is not here. I guess that just makes calculating the composite that much easier. Uh, should be fun. But before uh, we can start, and perhaps this will transition into talking Mike Pettin and giving the defensive coordinator his grade, we have got some breaking news. I see you smirking at the drop. I love the breaking news drop. Matt LaFleur has, uh, has filled a coaching vacancy on his staff. Uh, Jason Simmons, the defensive backs coach, of course, making a lateral move over to the Carolina Panthers like a week, maybe two weeks ago. I forget. Um, and it is Jerry Gray who gets the call to join the Packers staff uh, in the same role as the defensive backs coach. So Gray, of course, coached the Vikings secondary for the last five years. He's really highly respected, um, also has run the show as a defensive coordinator for the Bills and uh, the Titans. Ben, what was your initial reaction to this hire? Thumbs, thumbs up. up. <laughs> Audio medium, thumbs up. Uh, yeah, what do you like about it? I think there's a couple things I like about it, most of which have been influenced by my reading about it on Twitter. But you have a guy with defensive coordinator experience, you know, kind of more than a more than a coach, I guess, like more than more than just, you know, more than like a more than a position coach. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. I like options. You know, this year excluded. It's hard to look at Minnesota and not think that they've I mean, not even this year excluded. I mean, I'm really only thinking of Xavier Rhodes, but it's hard not to look at Minnesota secondary and not think that they are quite good. Yeah. You know, some of that's personnel, but some of it's obviously coaching. And as others have pointed out, poaching poaching from your division rival is almost always good. Yeah. Arif Hassan, our good buddy who covers the Vikings for The Athletic, tweeted out, he said, LOL, Darnell Savage and Jair Alexander, but with good coaching. And uh, the re Yeah, exactly. The replies to that tweet uh, there do make it seem like uh, a lot of Vikings fans do think that they lost a good coach and that the Packers' secondary will improve uh, because of it been to your uh, division rival point but um i saw descriptions of gray saying that he was like strong-willed and that he makes his opinions known which is you know weird coded language for he'll tell you what he thinks and he's argumentative so lafleur uh keeps mike Patton around but brings in another guy who's like done that job as as you noted ben who has had a lot of success and also maybe won't be afraid to perhaps challenge Petten occasionally. Ben, do you think, does that sound like adding volatility where perhaps the fall in line approach could be more productive? Or, or are you excited about the idea of like another strong opinion in the room? Petten actually doesn't seem like a big kind of, he's kind of strikes me as a consensus builder. Yeah. I've never, I've never gotten the sense that Petten is like. Are you bullheaded? Yeah, he's not. What's his face, Greg? Uh, Greg Williamsy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he doesn't give you that kind of that kind of. Oh, impression. he's not uh, paying players to uh, take out other players. <laughs> yeah, but also, I mean, like Greg Williams never really seemed to fit. You know, if you watch the Greg Williams in the uh, the Browns, whatever behind the music or yeah. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Browns um, behind the music. Yes, hard knocks. Like he's he's <laughs> terrible on that. He wasn't that much better with Adam Gase. Like, you can just tell that he's... I mean, first off, you know, he obviously has turned down every NFL head coaching job. Like, I just don't get that impression <laughs> from any of these guys. But I also want to point out, like, these are some of the players that that Gray's coached. I'm, I'm reading this directly from the Packers wire, obviously, so don't, don't get mad that I'm stealing. Uh, Sean Taylor, Harrison Smith, Earl Thomas, Blaine Bishop, uh, Lawyer Milloy, LaRon Landry... Michael Griffin, Anthony Harris, 
safeties wise, he he is the safety whisperer. And I'm now glad that somehow Sean Taylor has come full circle in this conversation. Ooh, the safety whisperer. We're coining that. That's official APC uh, intellectual property, the safety whisperer. <laughs> I mean, that's just like, I mean, there's just so much, there's so much quality uh, in his, in his uh, pedigree that I, I'm, it's hard not to be excited, especially with like, you know, Darnell, Adrian Amos, like there's a lot of weapons in the secondary, even Raven Green, like for counting Raven Green as a safety linebacker hybrid, whatever he's going to be. Yeah. Also, I can't remember. Did I don't know. Did I actually say this like on the record on a podcast, but that I sort of think that teams should treat coaching more like they treat players and always be improving every season? No. Oh, okay. That's that a take. Thought I, had. I like that. That's quotable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think like I don't understand why coaches get so much longer of a leash. You know, if there's a better coaching candidate out there, um, you know, I, th- I think I think teams should always be looking to improve their coaching every offseason. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to rest on your laurels on the personnel side. That's how I felt about that brief moment where we thought that uh, Mike Pettin might be out the door, but um, it seems like a good move to, uh, there's something to be said for continuity and then to bring in another guy to try to upgrade the coaching staff from the inside seems like, seems like another strategy you could employ. I mean, the thing that I think Pettin had going for him, the sense that I get is that, and this is apropos of nothing, but immensely popular in the room. And like, unless you know you're upgrading there, like it's a risk, right? And and so I, I don't have a huge problem with Petten staying. But when I saw that the Raiders parted ways with their defensive line coach, I was like, yeah, why not? Take a shot. If you can get a proven operator, like get them in the system. And, you know, if they need to move on to another job later before you have something good for them, like, so what? Like you, you're just building, you're building that tree. Totally. And uh, that seems like a good sort of pivot point here. So we'll move on to give our official our official grades here. And we'll start with Mike Patton. That seems like uh, the logical place at this point. As I was sort of typing out my thoughts about Mark, Mike Patton, I literally typed Dom Capers instead of Mike Patton. And I think that that says... Might be a little unfair. I think but... it says something, though. And maybe it's not a fair comparison. It's not apples to apples. Uh, Patton has accepted his baldness, whereas I <laughs> uh, always got to get a joke in there. But, um, you know, to have a defense that you're excited about sort of in these like fluctuating waves throughout the regular season and then to just get really exposed in a big moment in the in the off season or in, in the postseason, rather, it it reeked a little bit of Dom and to get out coached twice by the same team, once with a trip to the Super Bowl like on the line. It's not a good look, but look, the, like you were saying, Ben, the, the players like him. Uh, he simplified things for guys a lot, whereas you know Capers' defense was extremely complicated, and and players were were confused. Um, so I do think that we saw long stretches of really good defensive play and some fun, like clever scheme moments. But you know, as I was just saying, to allow the same team twice to sort of expose your biggest weakness. I'm going to go uh, C on my overall season grade. You've uh, spent some more time in academia than I have been. What's your what's your letter grade? Do you agree with C? Am I being too harsh? No, I think you're being too nice. I give him a C minus. C minus. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, maybe I'm being too harsh. Um, I was going to say regular season. If it was just regular season, I'd give him a C. You know, it, it's a weird, it's a weird season. It's kind of, it's kind of horseshoe shaped, like 
strong start, weak middle, stronger end, and then well, I mean that's the regular season. Yeah, stronger end. Then, the I mean for season. me, for me the mm. minus is 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 you know the the playoff game. Um, that's a big minus. Second, <laughs> the second playoff game. Yeah, only because it is such a dramatic failure. Yeah, at a dramatic time. Yeah, and that's just yeah. But what more can you say? I would almost say if you are if if you are sectioning off the way you would in a school semester various things about the year, including the postseason and kind of weighting them, I would almost say, you know, that off-season moment, like, that was a big spot. Like, that's... Yeah, it's uh, your that's, final that's exam. It's a final it's like exam. like, you screwed up. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, yeah, C-. minus. All right, Ben, so you go C-, minus. so the composite grade uh, for us, uh, C, C-. minus. Uh, let's move on to the next name on my list, and that is uh, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, and um, my grade is... What would you say you do here? <laughs> in seriousness, yeah. though, um, I, I'm almost in favor of skipping Nathaniel Hackett um, because, like Joe Philbin under McCarthy, you get the feeling that Mah- that Hackett is um, is really like an organizer and like a conduit between the players and Matt Lafleur, um, Lafleur, who is the real offensive coach, quote unquote, in the organization. So I, I don't know. If uh, if you agree, or if you have some blazing hot Nathaniel Hackett take, you're trying to get off Ben. <laughs> no, not uh, at all. Well, let's move on then, um, and not to be a, a cop out here, because I I kind of feel like one thing you could do if you really wanted to assign Nathaniel Hackett a grade is 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 sort of break down Matt Lafleur's grade. And so what I did in in kind of thinking about how I felt about Lafleur's first season was. Um, I thought that his overall grade is really a composite of two different grades uh, because he has two jobs. He is the head of the offense. Um, it's his system. It's his brainchild. Um, it's it's his thing. But secondly, he's the head football coach, which is a different job, a sor- sort of like the program manager, uh, a, a cultural messaging job. It's very different from uh, from X's and O's. So, so if we wanted to, uh, the offensive coaching part of that grade could be something that we also assigned to Nathaniel Hackett for lack of a better, uh, for lack of a better grade. And, uh, it's funny because uh, again, I put this out on Twitter asking people for their grades and most people either gave Nathaniel Hackett an incomplete or some version of a pass fail or a series of question marks. So it seems like everyone else, uh, feels the way that, that we do Ben. But, um, anyway, getting back to LaFleur, um, again, I said it was sort of two different components, head coaching and, and then the offensive coach. So on the head coaching side, with everything that he was up against to sort of come in and have guys like not only buy in, but play really hard and look like they're having fun doing it after a few years of the team not really having fun, as Rodgers, I think, admitted as much recently. I think it's an A. I think that he did an exceptional job in that specific part of of that job now as the offensive coach you know there was good and bad there was uh there were shortcomings and there was growth uh his scripts for the most part were great but uh he also had some sort of like in-game growing pains and and ultimately the story of the season was inconsistency now i want to allow for like some slack because i i think we can all agree that they need talent they need wide receivers probably more than one they need to move on from Jimmy Graham. But anyway, considering all that, I'm going B minus 
for the offensive coach uh, portion of of that grade. So A for head coach, B minus, and um, I'm calling that a B plus as a composite grade. Ben, what are your thoughts? So here's where I think that things fall apart a little as the I would not give an A for the head coach just because I think that losing two primetime games, you know, where you look that badly outclassed is is in some measure a reflection of a head coach's job mm. in terms of preparation. Interesting. And, That's a good point. Uh so I, I, I would go with a A minus B plus E kind of grade at the at the head coach level. I mean, which is still good. I mean, I'm I'm being like I'm a I'm a I was a harsh grader as a teaching assistant. I'm a, I guess I'm still a harsh grader. This is what we want from you. <laughs> a minus B plus um, from the head coach. I and I I guess I think I go B plus B from the offensive coach part of it. Um, so I guess that that averages out. Let's just call it a B plus overall, which I guess is what you had too. Yep. Um, <laughs> but. I don't know. I feel like I'm slightly more negative for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, let's call okay, let's call it a B minus offensive coach and a uh, A minus to to make it a B. You know, like you said, in terms of like implementing systems and getting everybody on the same page and building a culture, I think he did a pretty good job. I think there were some weak spots as shown in the primetime games, and I think that offensively there were definitely moments where the team looked a little. Uh, lost to say the least. Yeah. So, um, if we're being a harsh grader, I think between between you and I, I think that averages out to a, a B. We don't get into that B plus uh, territory. Yeah. Let's call it a B. All right. Let's move on to the special teams coordinator, Sean Menenga, The human thumb comes in and inherits a team that uh, I don't know if they led the league in penalties, but but man, uh, they were uh, a hot mess under Ron Zook in the in the latter the latter time of, of his tenure. And um, I don't have a ton to say because, you know, Sean, Sean Menenga got rid of the penalties. Like that was not a problem anymore. However, it's not, the unit was on pace before they got Tyler Irvin in there was on pace to be historically unproductive from a return yardage standpoint. And some of that has to be scheme. And so I, I, I put that a little bit at his feet. I'm, I'm going to give him, I'm going to go D plus. What do you got? <laughs> F. You, a total failure. Yeah. Well, you want him back next season? Ooh, that's a good point. If, oh, if I just, hmm. No, I would love for him to be replaced. Look, I gave Mike Patton a C minus. Like, you think he's one degree worse than Mike Patton? I think he's significantly worse than... This is an F. I don't... You know, the only thing I would say is I I think there's a little bit of recency bias in there. And, like, if we could just find a Ron Zook lowlights reel from the season before and just watch that, I feel like maybe you'd feel a little bit differently. But I won't I won't try to dissuade you in this moment from, from, going, from going F. <laughs> I, 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 you can't, so don't bother. <laughs> like it's an F. All right, so that's fine. You say F, I say D plus. Our, our composite grade for Shamanenga, special teams coordinator, is going to be a D minus, um, which is you know kind of like it's it's like when the teacher wants to fail you, but kind of just feels a little bad for you. Oh, I want to fail him. <laughs> you want to fail him so bad. I mean, uh, like, look, I don't, I don't have anything against him personally. I, I never 
you know what? You know, I'm not, I don't celebrate anybody losing their job. You know but... what? You've you've convinced me. I'm changing my grade to F. Yeah. You you like, uh, it's just like you drive a hard would, logic bar- bargain. But what would what would be the possible what would be the possible reason to keep keep him headed in the next season? Yeah, like that's a it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good question, and I don't have the answer for you, and that's why I'm changing my look vote. Look at it this way. Look at it this way. If you if if you know, let's say the Packers get a get a punt return touchdown, you know, in the first quarter of that Niners game, like it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to 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 turn a game around. And to have something bounce your way, and have the Packers not have a single thing bounce their way on special teams, like there's just there's yeah yeah like there's just no hope. Like yeah. I I never went into a punt being like oh yeah maybe they're gonna take maybe they're gonna house this one. <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> like I went I mean for most of the season I went into it being like well I hope they don't lose yards on the return. Yeah. Like please don't fumble. Um. So yeah, that's an F. I'm sorry. I feel I sound I sound much more harsh on on this man's career and i'm sorry to that man but uh you know whatever yeah it's fine it's you know this is this is this is sports podcast you know this is this is real life over here (laughs) dripping with sarcasm let us move on then finally to brian brian gutekunst i i gotta go a for gutekunst um i really feel that he was executive of the year material. Um, I know that uh, if we're talking about draft classes, um, the jury's still out on Sean Gary. I know that some people are, are down on him, but Darnell Savage and Elton Jenkins, um, if you just take those two, they're going to be uh, great for this team, like franchise rock kind of players. I, I really believe that. Jay Sternberger came on late after an injury, and we all know that tight ends are slow to develop. Um, ben, as you mentioned, a lot on the show and and – that's why I'm also cutting Goody a little bit of slack in the Jimmy Graham department, um, just because maybe you want that bridge player. But even if, even oh, if, you're holding you're holding against him uh, a signing from two seasons ago. Well, he had the opportunity to cut him and eat a little bit of money and not have oh, Jimmy Graham yeah. on the field. Is what I'm saying. Nah, that's, but no, no, no. Even if I didn't cut him that slack, you know, that's like one disagreeable move in a sea of many agreeable moves and obviously bringing in Amos and Billy Turner and the Smiths <laughs> uh, not to mention uh, midseason help from Jared Valdir and Tyler Irvin Tyler Irvin who I think um, as you you and I have talked about Ben has a real shot to like stick around and be a useful puzzle piece um, I'm pretty and thrilled. Alan Lazard and Alan Lazard as well um, pennies on the dollar yeah. I mean like yeah I, 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 it's an A I, for Goody's, me. Goody's an A there's no no question the one thing that I think that people will rightly criticize is the Rashawn Gary pick I think the jury's a little bit still out there I would like to see a little more value out of uh, the highest first round pick that the team's had in a decade or however long it's <laughs> yeah. been yeah but you know, I, I see why Rashawn Gary can, you know, there were enough flashes of Rashawn Gary this season to be like, yeah, okay, maybe. Uh, I'm still not sold, but, you know, El- Elton Jennings in the second round. Um, yeah, I guess I, I, so this is one thing. Is, uh, this is one thing where I think that our, our scales might have been a little skewed by the late Ted Thompson era when a shit draft uh, was matched with absolutely nothing in free agency. Uh, I think he's been killing it in free agency. I would like to see better drafts. So I guess 
Maybe I'll go A minus, B plus. Ooh, A minus. All right. But I mean, like, I I think Goody's great. I just want him to get better at drafts. All right. So I I mean, I that's for me. That's I think that's a, enough to give him a composite grade of we'll call it a a low A, not necessarily an A minus, based on the the things that you're saying and um. The other thing that I wanted to do is uh, come up with sort of a a composite grade for the GM and the coaches here in, in 2019. And Ben, we could have done this off air. Wait, but... we're not we're not going to do a Russ Ball score? Like what? <laughs> well, no, I'm serious. Give me a Russ Ball score. I mean, I don't know. I I, I just like what are we? What are we? To me, I mean... to to me, I would package. I think Russ Ball's in the Goody. He's in the Goody in, score. He's in the Goody category. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he works under him, and he kind of works at his. He's, he serves at his pleasure to try to make happen what Goot wants to happen, and I think that that has that that bears true throughout his his tenure in the team. You know, Ted had a different philosophy, and and Russ Ball acted accordingly with that philosophy, and um and so now I think that he is he's still doing Russ Ball things, but he's doing he but he's he's measuring up to the to the Goody yardstick instead. So he serves at the pleasure of the current GM, and and I would lump him into that score uh, personally. I don't know if you have a mm-hmm. rebuttal for that or if you disagree. No, that's fine. I'll I'll accept that. All right. So Ben, you and I, all of our grades are in, and uh, to review as we uh, get ready to give a composite grade here for the whole squad, Goody's getting an A. Uh, average from you and I, Matt Handsome Boy Lafleur, aka the Flower, is getting a B, and I just put Hackett at B minus. I don't know. <laughs> we called it kind of. Yeah, that's fine. Based on the logic that I, I gave in terms of of him sharing part of uh, Lafleur's grade, and 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 that's what I decided to do. So uh, you know, if you got a problem with that? Take it up with me at the APC Pod on Twitter or the APC Podcast at gmail.com. B minus for Hackett. Uh, Mike Patton's getting a C minus and Sean Menenga gets an F. Ben, you convinced me. You, uh, you brought out the inner angry teacher in me wanting to, uh, to flunk this person and replace them at the drop of the hat. So, uh, so they gets an F and Ben, you and I didn't really talk about what these grades are worth. You want to assign some, uh, some percentage values. I feel like a GM we've got, uh, we've got five. Got five contestants. I feel like uh, Goody as the GM is probably like thirty-five or forty percent. Oh, you mean like the the weight? Um, yeah. Well, I, how are these weighted? Forty for Gudekunst. Yeah, forty for Gudekunst. Thirty for thirty for Lafleur. I like it. And then we've got three coordinators and special teams. Maybe that's weighted like a little bit less. Twenty for Petten actually. Five for Hackett. Five for special teams that seems reasonable based on their actual contributions all right so we'll just uh we'll put those into the old computron uh 5000 and uh press a button and steam shoots out of the the machine and springs are flying everywhere and uh we got a number and the uh, total composite grade is a solid b uh for the front office and the coaching staff uh, all in all, Ben, how do you feel about that? A solid B. You think that's that accurately reflects uh, what we saw? It's funny because I think that in terms of a 13-3 and three football team, number two seed in the NFC, yada, 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 there's, you know, 
it's impossible to say that this team did not exceed expectations from a purely, you know, quantitative record standpoint. Yeah. But I also never really had the feeling that this team exceeded my expectations for what they were capable of as a football team in a way that like really blew the doors off the sucker. Or anything. Right. Especially like, in terms of like the product on the field, you mean? Yeah. Like I don't ever think that this was actually a, a better than a B grade football team. Yeah. So I, I think actually that's a pretty, it's a pretty suitable, you know, you could say, you could say it's like a strong B like you can say like, wow, they really coaxed, you know, a good record out of a B team yeah. and that might be its own thing. Yeah. But, uh, I think that's actually a pretty fair review of the season all in all. Like even so disregarding too. the fact that it it wildly exceeded, you know, rational expectations, the actual product and the team on the field, I think a B is a fairly good description of that team. Yeah. Maybe at uh all this talk is making me think at some point here in the next few weeks we I'll, I'll go back and listen to uh Jamie Ross's prediction and see uh see how that measured up as we're sort of in the uh the looking back phase of the off season before we before we move forward. <laughs> Um, all right, Ben. I think that's going to do it for us today. So join us next week as we uh, give our position group grades from 2019. So we will get into uh, players and position groups. And of course, we will hit on any relevant and late breaking Packers news nugs. Uh, if you like what you hear and you want to support us, uh, right now, the literal best thing you can do is subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts hit that five-star review button. It really does help boost our profile, brings more fans into the fold, and helps us give you more of whatever it is we do here. And if Twitter is your thing, follow the show at the APC pod as well. You can find us at Zach Rapport, at Ben Foldy, and at Alex Patakis, who maybe at this late hour in New York is still schmoozing uh, with some uh, work compatriots. We'll check in on him a little bit after this recording. So follow us on Twitter. It's a hellscape out there, but we try to make it fun on Twitter. So um, uh, until next time, for Ben and, and myself here, uh, enjoy the Super Bowl or the ads or the snacks or uh, the long contemplative walks in the woods. Whatever it is you're going to do this weekend, do it well, keep it positive, and uh, keep it dialed in here at the ABC Podcast all off season long. See you guys. See you guys.